because it's not correlated to the stock market. So that's one reason if people want to try and diversify their portfolio. Uh, interest rate risk can come into play if they were adjustable loans. The increase in home value is actually beneficial to note investors because it provides additional security based on the note that you purchase. On this episode of Early Bird, Chris Seveny, founder of Seveny Note Investments. Chris joins the podcast today to talk about investing in mortgage notes, including the pros and cons, and how to get started with investing in mortgage notes. If you're an investor looking to stay on top of the latest market trends, then you're listening to the right podcast. This is Early Bird, and I'm your host, Stephen Lerner. Before we get to today's discussion, let me tell you how you can save time and beat the market through Early Bird, a free daily email newsletter featuring commentary about the latest trends in stocks, cryptocurrency, and equity crowdfunding. Early Bird is designed to help individual and non-professional investors stay on top of all of the critical investing trends. The newsletter is 100% free and is sent to your email box each weekday morning. Subscribe to Early Bird for free at www.earlybird.email. Once again, that's earlybird.email. And now, today's discussion. All right, Chris, thank you so much for joining us today on the Early Bird Podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. How are you, Stephen? I'm doing great. Thank you so much. Uh, Chris, today we are talking about uh, mortgage notes and investing in mortgage notes. But before we do that, uh, Chris, tell the audience a little bit about yourself, how you got started um, in this industry. You know, give a quick, uh, you know, thirty seconds reader digest about your background. Yep. Well, first, again, thank you for having me on uh, your podcast. I've been in real estate for twenty-five plus years, working for large commercial general contractors where I was in the project management side of things. I like to say I'm the guy in the white shirt and tie on a construction project. Hmm. Uh, when you drive by, that used to be me. Uh, I switched over about a little over now 15 years ago into working for a real estate developer. And when I started working for a real estate developer, it was much more entrepreneurial. And everyone I was working with was had their own investments or properties and all joked you're never going to retire off a nine to five job so you gotta start building your own portfolio mm -hmm. so about a decade ago i started uh, my wife and i buying some rentals and with young kids and trying to scale the business in the washington dc area it's extremely challenging because of a the competition of trying to get properties and go visit them in a timely fashion as well as managing you know, a family with, you know, kids and sports and athletics and everything else. It was too much of a struggle. And then about six years ago, I stumbled upon mortgage note investing, which oh. I kind of felt like an idiot because I'd been in real estate almost 20 years and never even heard of this investment strategy, which I suspect a lot of people haven't because it is a small alternative investment niche that many have not heard of. Absolutely. Uh, you know, real estate itself is, is an alternative uh, for, for many investors and mortgage notes is an alternative within that. Um, Chris, could you maybe briefly define what mortgage note investing is? 
Yep. I'm going to first say what it isn't because it's a, most people always get confused some some aspect of when you invest in mortgage notes, people think you're actually buying the property, which that is not the case. Uh, most people who are probably listening uh, may own a home and have a mortgage on it. Uh, we step in the shoes of that banker lender. So I will use PNC as an example. Mm-hmm. Uh, you may go to PNC and get a mortgage from them. And eventually most mortgages do get sold off or securitized and they can also get sold on the secondary market. So your loan, if people have ever seen that they have to send their payments to different places, has probably been sold. And these loans, some of them eventually make their way down to retail investors uh, that you can buy. Typically what you will see is ones that may have had some distress in them where borrowers may have missed payments on those loans. But at the end of the day, you're really stepping in the shoes of being the bank or becoming the bank. I'm sure a lot of people would like to be in the shoes of a bank at certain times. <laughs> um, so uh, that's kind of in a nutshell about what mortgage note investing is. Um, what, what, are the, what are the advantages of getting involved in mortgage note investing? So for anyone who's ever been a landlord, we like to use the term where a lean lord versus a landlord. Uh, most people who have invested in real estate, if you have tenants, you're typically, you know, we say you don't have to deal with the three T's, which are tenants, toilets, and termites. And we say that because, you know, if, you, like I said, you own a house, if your roof leaks, if your toilet floods, you don't call your bank. You know, if you're renting, you call your landlord. Where in this case, we're the bank. We don't get those phone calls. We're just, you know, the company that collects the monthly payment of the mortgage payments. Well, actually, we hire a company that does that. And I always like to tell people, you know, that drive through major metropolitan areas, who typically owns the largest, biggest building in that city? And it's basically, it's a bank slash credit card company is who it is. And the banks, as Rockefeller likes to say, you know, they control everything and own nothing. And Mm -hmm. when you actually look at it, and look at the line of you being a note investor, it's very similar. You control the asset because they have to pay you. And if they don't, you can have certain recourses, which it's backed by a secured investment. So you, you know, if they stop paying, you have property that you could recoup from that. And uh, you don't have to deal with a lot of those other headaches uh, that you would be as for your landlord. Not to say that there's not headaches involved in this business, but it's much, uh, it's very different from being a landlord. Well, you certainly use different aspirin if it's a different type of headache for this type of thing. And, and, and the advantages, I mean, there's so many of them. Uh, the rate of return can be pretty good, certainly better than, you know, what you might get with a CD or anything like that. Um, and, oh, and, 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 you know, you're, you're, as you were alluding to, you know, you're not actually, if something breaks on a property that has nothing to do with you, you're not the landlord, you're the lien lord, as you said. So it, it, it's certainly an asset of the, um, it's, it's, it's an aspect of real estate investing that I think a lot of investors should know more about. Um, mm-hmm. But there are also some disadvantages, Chris. What, what are some of the disadvantages associated with note investing? Yeah, some of the disadvantages are if you're stepping in the shoes of the bank, you have to make sure you have built a, you know, a team around you of an attorney, a servicer, which is a company that collects the payments. There's a lot of compliance, a lot of licensing issues that you need to follow. And it's it's different every state. So it's state by state. It's very different. Uh, but 
with that, you can't, it's much easier to invest in other states. Uh, that's one. Another is when are, you are using your cash, unlike traditional real estate, you don't get the benefits of depreciation on an asset or long-term capital gains. Uh, this income, if you're investing in it, is considered interest income. So it's taxed at an ordinary income rate. Which is so a lot of people... Yep. So a lot of people we see will use a self-directed IRA account. So they will have their own individual IRA account that they, instead of investing in the markets, they can invest in traditional real estate. And a lot of people will do private lending or you know mortgage note investing because it, they'll use uh, their heart, you know, their earned cash or taxable cash for real estate to get those depreciations. And then they'll use their retirement accounts for the notes because of the the tax savings and benefits uh, that get offset. So, I mean, you did a good job showing where the disadvantages are. Uh, it, to me, it seems like one of the big issues might be defaults. You know, sometimes that's yeah. going to happen. And, and as mm -hmm. an investor, it, it may not benefit you that much or at all, really. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and when you're talking about sort of investing in people's mortgages, to me, it sounds a little like uh, like it's almost like a the big short, and you're you're investing in uh, these distressed mortgages. It's, it's nothing like that, though, right? It it is, but it isn't. Uh, the big short did bring out a lot of you know a lot what that went on during that time frame. Uh, we do invest in distressed mortgages, and they do get sold at significant discounts. I think one of the things that is you know, different than that movie is when you are a retail investor, have a small company, you you don't take years to respond like banks would. And people were trying to short sale the home or whatever. Mm. If we're trying to negotiate something with a borrower who has missed payments and try and keep them in the property, because that is our number one goal uh, for more social, economical, as well as from a profitable standpoint, typically keeping borrowers in their home is more profitable than having to spend a lot of legal fees uh, to foreclose on a borrower. Uh, you can absolutely make a decent return, uh, double digit returns. And it really goes to, again, setting up the team. But that's kind of where I shot, you know, and I, I like the big short as a movie and it opens up eyes to kind of what was going on during that time. Uh, it's much different now because of all the regulations, yeah. but there's also similarities on how things are done uh, in regards to some of the types of investing uh, from that perspective. Got it. And you mentioned about the stressed investing. Mm -hmm. And I know you said to me earlier, your company mm -hmm. does a bit of that. Can you explain quickly what that is? Yeah, so a distressed mortgage is a loan that's more than 120 days past due. Mm. Now, a lot of people out there think if they miss a mortgage payment that somebody's going to come knock on their door and throw them out within 30 days. That is not the case. It does depend state by state, varies. I've had loans where people haven't made payments for six or seven years. Oh, wow. Uh, and from, you know, for many different reasons. So anything more than 120 days is distressed. And when you're buying these assets, uh, the longer the default, the more of a discount you will get. So if a loan is 30, 60 days or 90 or 120 days past due, you know, the price point for that asset compared to one that hasn't paid in four years is going to be significantly different. Got it. And, but it, there's still a higher risk, though, it sounds like. It, it, there's still a high risk, and you, 
you always buy at a discount, or I shouldn't say always, but 99.9% of the time you're buying these assets at a discount uh, to give people a range or an idea for types of returns on performing assets. Typically, we'll target between a 8 and 12% annual return. And on non-performing assets, uh, we are typically between 20% plus is what we look to target for those because of the risk involved. Uh, on the on the performing ones, we like to, you know, get that range. But the also one thing to consider when you're evaluating risk is if the property has the equity in it. So if it's a hundred thousand dollar loan on a two hundred thousand dollar property, mm-hmm. you know, you're secured by that two hundred thousand dollar property. So eventually, you will get paid. It's just a matter of how and over what period of time. So that's one of the things that is preferential to mortgage note investing is the fact that you know people can relate to it's real estate i understand it and it's something that from a value perspective can get a pretty fair idea of what that property is worth based off of having somebody go buy the property and look at it and back to one of the negatives i'll jump back real quick about note investing is unlike buying traditional real estate where you tour the house you as the lender don't go in and tour these properties when you're buying these loans from on the secondary market because just think of, you know, when was the last time your bank came knocking on your door and wanted to tour your house? Unless, you're, of course, you're getting it reappraised. But if they're selling their loan, they don't, you know, you don't let them in. They don't come into your side your property. Interesting facts about mortgage notes. When we return, we'll hear from Chris about why you should invest in mortgage notes in 2022 and his advice for new investors in the space. But first, let me tell you how you can become a more informed investor through Early Bird, a free daily email newsletter. Early Bird has commentary on the latest events and trends in stocks, cryptocurrency, and crowdfunding. With Early Bird's daily weekday email, investors can quickly stay on top of the trends and beat the market. Subscribe to Early Bird for free at www.earlybird.email. Once again, that's earlybird.email. And now, back to today's discussion. So Chris, we're, we're talking about uh, mortgage notes and investing in mortgage notes. Um, to give some context here in 2022, I just want to compare this type of investing with other investing opportunities. When when you've spoke about it, the first thing that came to my mind was peer to peer to peer lending. Um, I've mm-hmm. I've done the lending club years ago, where you're buying mm-hmm. notes of of people's loans, so to speak, and you're trying to get investment mm-hmm. back. Is it sort of like peer to peer in any way? Uh, a little bit. Um, typically. You know, a lot of stuff I've seen, and again, I haven't been too heavily involved in peer-to-peer, but from what I've seen, I think a lot of that is either people, A, borrowing money for, you know, a certain, uh-huh. uh, for whatever the case may be, or um, for a venture and so forth, where for us, it's strictly, you know, involved in the real estate. So it's backed and secured by, you know, a a property. Whereas if I, you know, lending club and some of those, I'm not sure if there's property involved or what it may be backed or it might be backed by a company or something else. Uh, Here, what's nice about it is, again, with real estate, it's not like it can just pick up and move uh, (laughs) most of the times. Uh, But it's so that's kind of one of the differences that I would mention. 
Got it. And looking at other forms of real estate investing, of course, there's REITs, Real Estate Investment Trust, uh, yep. both public and private. How does this compare to, to REITs? The, you know, there's several different types of REITs. Uh, you know, there are REITs that do buy a lot of these mortgages that you can invest in. And there's also REITs that go out and buy, you know, large properties as well. Uh, it's similar in the sense of, you can go out and buy notes with a few thousand dollars, depending on the asset. Uh, what the REITs will provide you with is a larger blend of a portfolio versus buying one note. So it's like any type of investment. You know, if you buy one stock versus investing in the S&P, uh, your risk is going to be much higher or higher volatility, most likely similar to investing in one asset compared to a REIT, which may have thousands of assets. Uh, from that perspective. So that's one difference. Uh, and again, the other is, you know, just some of the tax differentials with REITs, uh, you know, you have to look at as well. Yeah. Uh, you talked about, you know, stocks. Certainly here in 2022, mm -hmm. stock market has not been kind to many investors. Um, given the volatile nature of stocks so far uh, mm -hmm. this year, why should investors maybe look at mortgage notes as an alternative? Uh, one is it's not correlated to the stock market. So that's one reason if people want to try and diversify their portfolio. Uh, interest rate risk can come into play if they were adjustable loans. The increase in home value is actually beneficial to note investors because it provides additional security based on the note that you purchase. One of the things that I like to preach to people of uh, that you watch is really uh, employment. Because people can, you know, uh, house prices can go up, can go down. But if employment's stable, you know, people have jobs, people are going to need a place to live. So people will, you know, continue to pay and stay in their properties. Uh -huh. uh, rent is something we look at a little bit as well, because if rents continue to jump and people's mortgages are less than their rent, well, they're going to want to stay in that house because they can't go anywhere else and rent for anything cheaper. Uh, so those, you know, but back to the stock market, that's the one nice thing about it is it gives a diverse uh, diversification because of it has no correlation with the markets. That's good that it's not connected. Um, so if you're an investor, you've never done this type of investing before in mortgage notes, how would you get started? Uh, there's a lot of education online that you can learn. There's courses, groups you can join. I always tell people, you want to spend about six months doing, if you want to physically be active in this space, you know, you want to do six months of research to understand what it is uh, that you're getting yourself into because there's a lot to learn. There's a lot of players involved. You know, there's funds out there just like REITs that you can also invest in that is, again, more passive where you can get a good amount of education, but then you put your money into a fund and let people manage that for you. But at least you have the education and background to know what you're investing in. A lot of people today, you know, for example, NFTs, I'll just use that as an example. I, till last week, did not know what an NFT was. So if someone said, hey, invest in these and so forth, I'd be like, I'm not going to invest in something. I have no idea what it was. Uh, and, you know, I Googled it because my daughter does a lot of artwork and so forth. And, you know, somebody said, oh, your daughter should just like sell one as an NFT. So I actually Googled what it is. Um, so that's where I would tell people to get some education and understanding for what the process is, how it works, uh, so you can understand a little bit of what you'd be investing in.
Makes sense. And, and, and it's okay. Most people still probably don't know what NFTs are all about anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> But it's good to hear that you can take gradual steps. And then there are, it sounds like there are some passive opportunities to sort of get your feet wet as well, which uh, can be a good learning opportunity for new investors into mortgage note investing. Yeah. What we typically see is a lot of people may watch something online and somebody will make it look like it's very easy, which it's not. It's a business that you have to run. And then they'll try it for six months to a year and then realize uh, this isn't worth the time or effort and end up investing in some type of fund or, you know, a pool of notes that you can invest in because it's, you know, it's a lot of work. Now it can be passive depending on, you know, how passive you want it to be. And if you're just lending, you know, money out to somebody on a property that you may have owned as a rental and you don't want anymore and you sell or finance it where somebody buys it, but you still hold the note and collect the payments, you know, that can be, you know, pretty passive. Uh, but if you're starting to go down the road of looking for a little better returns and start going down that distressed path, uh, that is furthest thing from uh, being a passive uh, type of investment. So if you're an investor and you say, hey, I want to get into mortgage notes, what what sort of advice, what strategies and tips w- would you offer to those investors? Yeah, it's due diligence. Um, like any, you know, due diligence is the most critical component of this type of investing. And I came from a real estate background, so I had a very strong background in real estate as well as in finance, but there was a lot in between that you needed to understand from the legal perspective of understanding what title is on a property and chain of title and who's in first position because somebody may have three mortgages and which one takes precedent over which one, understanding how if somebody isn't paying their property taxes, that gets into play, understanding how to value the properties. So there's a lot to learn that you can't just open some random textbook and read about. Uh, From that perspective, it really takes uh, educating yourself and networking as well. Wow. Uh, Chris, thank you so much for coming on the Early Bird podcast today, sharing your insights about mortgage note investing and how to get started. Uh, thank you so much. But before we wrap up, I just I just have one final question, and it's the big question of today's discussion. Uh, the question is, if you could have one superpower, what would it be, and what would be the purpose? Oh, the superpower. That's a great question. Uh, mine would be uh, if there's a superpower to educate people, just uh, give people, especially as it relates to financial literacy, uh, because you know a lot of people in, you know in this country and even in schools. I have a daughter graduating high school, and I quizzed her this past weekend on you know they're building some houses up our street and asked how much you think those houses cost to build based off of, okay, you're going to college. And she has an idea what her salary would be and just trying to, you know, paint that picture of, you know, what it's like starting out in your career Mm -hmm. and people throughout their career, um, you know, if they don't get that financial literacy tend to lose a lot of freedoms. People who do have that financial literacy have because they might be able to, to walk away from their job a little early do other things with their life. So that would be one of the superpowers that I would love to have. Thank you again to Chris Seveny for sharing your insights on mortgage notes. 
and thank you to everyone for listening to today's discussion. We'll be back next week for another episode of Early Bird. Have a great day. Thank you.